right, tonight we'll be in Exodus 31, and we've got a, a doozy of a topic tonight. The Sabbath. If I had to pick a title for this message, it would be a Sabbath debate, to keep or not to keep, that is the question. That's kind of a long, a long title for a sermon, but that's, that's what I come up with. Uh, when it comes to the topic of, of keeping the Sabbath, this is a question that probably is, is one that I'm asked uh, the most about, if not the most, pretty frequent. It's got to be up there close, and that is, what do, we, what do we do about the Sabbath as Christians? Do we keep the Sabbath? Do we not keep the Sabbath? Is that a part of the Old Testament laws? That's something that's, uh, that the New Testament commands. Are we still required to keep the Sabbath? When is the Sabbath? And it seems like every time I ever preach on or talk about the Sabbath that I always get lots of questions from lots of people. And so that's what we're talking about tonight in Exodus 31. That's the uh, verse that we've got to as we're, as we're going through as God has given instructions in the chapters following about the building of the tabernacle. We talked about that last week and we had those printouts that showed us what the tabernacle looked tabernacle looked like and we talked about all the different areas of the tabernacle and then uh, here we kind of shift gears at the end of chapter 31 and God gives some instructions to the Israelites regarding the Sabbath day and so we'll read through uh, well let's pray and then we'll uh, read through the verses Father God we come to you tonight and I pray that as we read your word and as we study about the Sabbath that we don't uh, get get caught up in, in arguments about uh, what the Sabbath is or do we keep the Sabbath or do we not keep the Sabbath dear Lord there are, there are believers in Jesus Christ God that are on both sides of this of this of this discussion dear Lord but I pray that most of all that we focus on worshiping you. God, that we realize that our rest and our hope and our salvation does not rest in a day, but it rests in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. So God, I pray that you help us to see that. If we see nothing else, God, through your word, that we see that. And I pray that you help us to, to look at your word and to look at this topic tonight. And I pray that you'll just help us and all that we do to give you all that we can, not just one day a week, but every day that we have the opportunity to. And God, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 31, verse 12. The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, so that you will know I am Yahweh who sets you apart. Now we see a phrase here, or we see a word here at the beginning that we see through these few verses that we're going to look at that comes up uh, quite frequently, and that is the Israelites. Now God makes the statement as he's talking to Moses here that this is, this is a, a covenant or, or a command between God and the Israelites, between God and the Israelites, between God and the Israelites. We see it three different times here. So who is this command written to in the Old Testament? Well, the Sabbath command here is written to the Israelites. Now, God gave this command to the Israelites for a very specific person, excuse me, for a very specific purpose. He says, tell the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbath, for it is a sign between who? Between me and you, that is, the Israelites, throughout your generations, so that 
you will know that I am Yahweh who sets you apart. And so it was a sign. This keeping of the Sabbath was a sign between who? God and the Israelites, between them throughout their generations so that they would know that that God was in control, that He is their God, that they are His people, that they are indeed set apart. Now that's important to realize that the Israelites were set apart. They were set apart from the other nations of that day and age. And this 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 command that God gives them, God didn't didn't make this as a sign with any other people group. It was to the Israelites. They were separate from the other nations and the keeping of the Sabbath was for them. It was for their rest. We saw that back when we read the 10 commandments that you are supposed to keep a day of rest. Now, that might have had some a significance for a couple of reasons. One, that it keeps them focused on God. It helps them to remember, one, that God has delivered them, that they are God's people, that they are set apart, as we see here. Two, perhaps maybe God was reminding them that he brought them out of slavery. Uh, indeed, they needed rest. And maybe this was a reminder of God that he was giving them rest, that they came from uh, slavery where they would have been worked hard all the time. And God is taking them to the promised land, but in the process, he's giving them that rest every day. So it's a it's a it's a spiritual thing for them because it helps them to realize, hey, God delivered us. We are set apart from him, but also it's a physical rest for them. They are resting and following the pattern that God had said as we see in the verses to come. In verse 14, observe the Sabbath for it is holy to you. Whoever profanes it must be put to death. If anyone does work on it, that person must be cut off from his people. Work may be done for six days, but on the seventh day there must be a Sabbath of complete rest dedicated to the Lord. Anyone who does work on the Sabbath day must be put to death. Now, the, de- the death penalty is pretty harsh penalty for those who break the Sabbath, but here it's repeated in these couple of verses on a couple of different occasions. Those who break the Sabbath are to be put to death. They are to be cut off from the rest of the Israelites. So this was a serious command. God was not playing around when he gave this command to the Israelites. And uh, we see uh, 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 later on in the scripture, we see someone who is gathering sticks on the Sabbath day and they kill the person who was doing that. They put them to death just as the uh, God had commanded them in these commands. So this was a very important thing for the Israelites to follow, that they were to keep the Sabbath and do no work whatsoever. Now, we see this Sabbath controversy. We see it in our world today. There are those who say, well, no, we're not under the Sabbath. And there are those who say we are under the Sabbath. And there are Christians who fall on both sides and they point to their scriptures either way, whatever side that you may fall on. There are Christians that fall on both. And this is not new. This was a controversy for Jesus. This was a, this was a big problem for the Pharisees. Uh, uh, Jesus and, and what he would do on the Sabbath day that they thought he was uh, breaking the Sabbath day. And so this was something that came up that even Jesus had to deal with on a regular basis. And it's something that we still talk about and discuss today. Now let's read a little further. Verse 16. The Israelites must observe the Sabbath. There we have that key phrase again that we see a few different times. The Israelites must observe the Sabbath, celebrating it throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign forever between me and the Israelites. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day he rested 
and was refreshed. Now here's where we, where we get to uh, something that's important for us to look at. At the end in these last couple of verses here, we see that it is a perpetual covenant. Now, the word perpetual there, and then in the next, next verse following shortly thereafter, forever, is the word in the Hebrew, the word is olam. Now, that word is used frequently throughout the Old Testament. The difficulty is, is that depending on the translation that you use, the word olam is transmitted, uh, translated in many different ways in the English language. Now, sometimes it's translated as perpetual. Sometimes it's translated as permanent. Sometimes it's translated as forever. Now, why the translators choose which word they choose when I do not know. But in the Hebrew, if you look at the Hebrew, you will see that every time that the word olam is used, and in both cases here, the word olam is used, it talks about this being a, a perpetual covenant or a covenant that is a sign forever. So some would argue, and maybe rightly so, that if this is a sign forever and God has established this forever, then of course we are supposed to keep the Sabbath. But the difficulty comes with the fact that Forever doesn't always mean forever. Now, we see several occasions in the Old Testament where the word olam is translated as forever. And in, in those instances, there are things that God says that are forever that have already ceased to exist. And so we know from the text that forever does not always mean forever. That's a real difficulty for us when we look at the Bible, and that's why we really have to study hard and try to the best we can. While none of us probably know Hebrew, or at least I don't, or Greek, it really requires some studying for us to dig in and say, okay, what do we think the, the Scripture really says, and what do we think it really means when we study things that are questionable? And there are people that say, well, I think this is what it means, and I think uh, that's what it means. We have to dig into the Word, and we have to pray to God as best we can that God would help us to understand, okay, God, what does your word really mean here? Because we want to get it right, or at least we should as Christians. We should desire to get it right. Now, there are some that are very, uh, that are, that are very much uh, keeping the Sabbath today. There are some groups, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ that are Seventh-day Adventists, uh, for example, they are heavy on the Sabbath day. They still keep the Sabbath day. It starts at sunset on Friday afternoon and goes to sunset on uh, Saturday, and that's when the Sabbath uh, would have always been. And there are many that are very strict to keep that same Sabbath today as it was then. Now, anybody that's a, a strict Seventh-day Adventist, uh, they would say that, oh, well, if you, if you don't observe the Sabbath, then uh, you're giving yourself a 10% discount. That is, you're not fulfilling all of the Ten Commandments. But I I would say that that's not the case at all. I don't believe that those who would believe that we are not obliged to keep the Sabbath today, I don't believe that any Christian would say, oh, well, we're, we're not following God's command. I think that in under Christ in the new covenant that God requires more of us than one day a week. That is that we are to give God every day of the week, that we are to realize every day that we are set apart for Christ. Now, when we look at the word perpetual or we will look at the word forever, there's one example just a couple of uh, verses back where that word is used. In uh, uh, Exodus chapter 29, if you want to flip back there, Exodus chapter 29, verse 9, 
We won't read the whole context of the verse, but it's talking about Aaron and the priesthood and how the priesthood is to be established. You can go back and read uh, through 28 and and on through 29 uh, to kind of get the context for it. But in Exodus chapter 29, verse 9, it says, "...tie the sashes on Aaron and his sons and fasten headbands on them. The priesthood is to be theirs by a permanent..." Same word used there, olam, by a permanent statute. This is the way you will ordain Aaron and his sons. So it was to be something that was to be permanent, that is, the priesthood through Aaron and his sons. But guess what? The priesthood is no longer through Aaron and his sons. That time came to an end. Now, when we turn to my favorite book that I always like to quote, Hebrews, I think we get a good answer as to what what can we make of this? What can we make of this uh, keeping the Sabbath? If you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 12... Hebrews chapter 7, verse 12. In Hebrews chapter, at the end of Hebrews chapter 6, we're talking about Jesus here. And in the last uh, verse of Hebrews chapter 6, it talks about Jesus has entered there on our behalf as a forerunner because he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now, I won't go into detail about Melchizedek tonight for time's sake. I know I've talked about it before in the past, and you can ask me later if you got questions. I love to talk about Melchizedek. But uh, if you go on a little further down into Hebrews chapter 7, it begins to talk about a superior priesthood. Now, the problem that was going on in Hebrews is the people, if, if we can call it this, I would say we're kind of uh, trying to make a hybrid in a sense. And I think we see that in the New Testament. They're trying to uh, say, well, we're followers of Jesus Christ, but they were also tempted to turn back to the old way. And they were trying to kind of mesh those things together, uh, trying to uphold the old covenant uh, while living in the freedom of Jesus Christ. And we see Paul deal with that, uh, talking about that we are not under the law, but we are under grace. And so so Paul is continually trying to get people not to go back to the old way because there's no, there's no salvation in keeping the law alone. Salvation comes in Jesus Christ. And the author of Hebrews is dealing with the same issue. The people are tempted to go back to the old way, to the old sacrificial system, to go back to the old priestly way. And the author of Hebrews is trying to say, look... A new way has come, a new covenant has come, a superior priesthood has come. Now in the old way, it started with Aaron and it went through the Levites and those were the priests. But here in Hebrews chapter 7, we have an explanation. What happens when there's a change of the priesthood? We see from the verse we read in uh, Exodus 29 that it says that uh, Aaron and his sons, the priesthood to be established in them permanently or forever or perpetually, But we know that that's not the case. Why? Because a new priest has come onto the scene, a better priest, a perfect priest, and that high priest is Jesus Christ. And that's what the author of Hebrews talked about. And in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 12, it says, For when there is a change of the priesthood, there must be a change of law as well. Now, this is interesting for us because what Jesus has done here is he's become a new high priest for us. And with a new high priest, with a new priest comes a changing of the law as well. Now, something better has come. That's why the old has passed away. Now, if you read on a little further in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 18 and 19, it says, So the previous command is annulled, because it was weak and unprofitable. 
For the law perfected nothing. But a better hope is introduced through Jesus, which we draw near, excuse me, but a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. Now, the previous command is passing away. It's weak, it's old, but something better has come in Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus dealt with the, with the topic and the issue of uh, keeping the Sabbath, as I mentioned earlier, on multiple occasions in the Scriptures because there were those coming after Him saying, oh, you're not keeping the Sabbath or you should keep the Sabbath or whatever it may be. And Jesus uh, said this statement. He said, if you if, find out what this means, uh, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. He said that in Matthew chapter 12 when they were questioning him about the disciples on the Sabbath picking grain. He also used the same phrase earlier uh, in, in Matthew chapter 9 in a whole different instance. He used that phrase, learn what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Now what I believe Jesus was saying there is he wanted the people to realize he didn't want them simply to go through emotion. It wasn't simply enough just to follow the letter of the law. That is, people could uh, bring sacrifices all day long, but that's not ultimately what God desired from them. God desired their heart. God could see their sacrifice, but He wanted them to do it with a right heart. And I think that this applies uh, with all aspects of the law, even when it comes to Sabbath-keeping. Now, I encourage you to read for yourself, and I also would say live by your own convictions there. As Paul would tell us in Romans chapter 14, one, one person thinks one day is holy and another person thinks all days are equal. But each one must be fully convinced in his own mind. That is, we must live by our conscience. Now, the Sabbath controversy is difficult because there are some who live by the actual Sabbath, that is Friday to Saturday. There are some who would say that Sunday has become the new Sabbath, although I don't see any evidence to suggest that in the New Testament. Uh, one person even told me once that they believe that Monday is the Sabbath, and they gave me some scriptures as to why that was. And so depending on who you ask, you're going to come up with a lot of answers as to what the Sabbath is. I had somebody tell me once that said, well, I keep the Sabbath, but I just keep it from Saturday night at 10 till Sunday night at 10. Well, the scriptures never describe the Sabbath as, as being that. The problem when we talk about the Sabbath is no matter which side that you fall on this debate, uh, you, you, you could fall into a trap. On one side, if you are a strict Sabbath keeper, one, we need to remember when the Sabbath is, and if we're going to be strict Sabbath keepers, then we need to keep the Sabbath as best we can. Secondly, we need to realize if we're going to live by that law and live by the Sabbath, the penalty for not observing the Sabbath was death. Now, that kind of puts things into perspective a little bit more. So if we say we're going to be Sabbath keepers, even if we have somehow made Sunday the Sabbath even, uh, to, to, to say that I'm going to keep the Sabbath or I'm going to keep a special day, we need to make sure that we don't become legalistic about it. Now, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, very, a very important thing because in Jesus' day, the Pharisees were very legalistic about many different areas. That is, they were doing what they thought were right, and they thought that in some way that was going to make them better. But our salvation does not come through keeping the Sabbath. Also, on the flip side of that, for those who believe that no, in Christ, 
all days are the same, not in that none of them are important, but they're all of equal importance. That is, we should be giving God our full, undivided attention. We should be resting in Him, so to speak, seven days a week. It shouldn't be that we say, well, I'm just going to give God one day a week, but rather we are going to give God all of our time that we can seven days a week. Now, there are those who may become too legalistic, but there may be others who say, well, we're not under the Sabbath, so therefore I don't have to spend time in fellowship with God's people at all. Well, that's equally as dangerous. We do need to be in fellowship with one another, even if we as Christians are not to keep the Sabbath in the same way that the Israelites kept the Sabbath, we still come together in fellowship with one another. We still desire to worship the Lord, or at least we should. We still come together to do the Lord's work and to grow in Him, and this is important for us as Christians. But not just one day a week, as many days a week as we want to do it, whether it's a Tuesday morning or a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or a Saturday afternoon uh, singing Christmas carols. Whatever it may be, we should have our time that we devote to the Lord. The point being this, whether you fall on, you're a Sabbath keeper and you believe that, that God's Word teaches us that and that we are still under that in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, or whether you believe that Jesus has freed us from that and that we are to worship Jesus with all our heart every day, we don't want to get to a point where the Sabbath becomes the main focus of our lives. Jesus Christ is the main focus of our life. And that is what we focus on. Because we don't, we don't want to uh, focus on the Sabbath itself so much as we do the Lord of the Sabbath. And that's what Jesus said. He told in Mark chapter 2 and in Matthew chapter 12, He said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. We do want to keep a day. We do want to come together as much as we can to worship the Lord and to serve the Lord, no matter what day of the week that that may be on. But we don't ever want to get too concerned with keeping a day. We want to stay concerned with keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ. As he said, uh, man was not created for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was created for man. God didn't establish the Sabbath first for us to, uh, to worship the Sabbath, but God established the Sabbath for the Israelites as a sign between He and them that they would remember that He is their God and that they are separated. It was a day of rest, but Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 reminds us that we find our rest in Jesus Christ. If the rest would have been found by the Israelites that God would have commanded and led them to back then, there would have been no need for any other rest. But in Hebrews chapter 4, we are reminded that we find our rest in Jesus Christ. And we need to find our rest in Jesus Christ, not just on one day a week, but we need to find our rest in Jesus Christ seven days a week. He needs to be our focus. Not the day of the week, not the days of the week, but Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I pray, God, that we do come to you for rest. That's what you desired for your people, and God, we see that fulfilled perfectly in Jesus Christ as the new priesthood comes into being, dear Lord, and, and your word reminds us uh, to come to Jesus and He will give us rest, dear Lord. And so I pray that as we, as we study Your Word and as we look at the Sabbath and as we think about the Sabbath and we try to make heads or tails of what it means, dear Lord, I pray that You help us to understand Your Word as best we can, to live by it as best we can, dear Lord. And I pray that You would help us to love You with all our heart every day of a week. 
Dear Lord, there's nothing wrong with setting aside a day. God, it's a good thing. But help us not to be legalistic about any day. And God, help us not to say, well, uh, we're free, dear Lord. We can do what we want. God, help us to continue to want to gather together to serve you, to be with other brothers and sisters in Christ, dear Lord. And in all of that, no matter what day a week, how many days a week, dear Lord, let Jesus be what we focus on. Let Jesus be the rest that we're looking for and the rest that we find for all of eternity. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.